Hello and welcome! Today's episode is a comprehensive guide to training or all that you need to know about training. If you are new to fitness, I bet you have a lot of questions about exercise and there are a lot of misconceptions about the best way to exercise and especially targeted on women. How to exercise? When to exercise? How much to exercise? Do you need to do high-intensity interval training or any other training to reach your goals? How to find time to exercise? Maybe you already love to exercise and in that case you are probably asking how to take it to the next level. And what about training on empty stomach first thing in the morning? These are just some of the topics we discussed today with key Alicia Feathers, MSC, CSCS. It takes a lot of time and effort to bring experts into the podcast, so if you like it, please rate it, share it with your friends and family, so together we can promote health and fitness that is so needed. Uh, just to introduce you a little bit, I would like to point out to anybody who is like uh, watching right now or joins later or views or listens to it later that you are actually one of the co-authors of Give Yourself More book and the last week I actually spoke with Georgie, yes, that's the book <laughs> and I said to Georgie like it's amazing, I really love it uh, so I will, I will also tell to you and I recommend it to read to everybody uh, so it's like one of my favorites for people to recommend, definitely. And today we will speak with you about one of those things, which is also mentioned in the book and that yeah, is well. strength training, right? Exactly. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad that you're enjoying the book and um, yeah, excited to talk to you about the strength training aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I checked your, also on your website and I loved how um, also your articles, but I will just take it from your website and read it there. Like you are empowering women through smart strength training. And I love the, love the word, wording that uh, smart strength training. So can you tell us more about that? What it means smart strength training? Yeah, well, um, you know, I think there's a great movement right now where a lot of um, women are becoming more involved in strength training. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, smart strength training applies to men as well as women. But for everyone, I think it's important to go into it with knowledge um, about what you're doing. I think it's very easy for people to be like, oh, it's just, you know, lifting weights, picking up something heavy and putting it down again. Well, no, there's you know, a rhyme and a reason to how you're doing what you're doing. And I think it's really important for people to understand that background so that they can make the smartest decisions for, you know, their training, for their form, um, mm -hmm. for their body. Um, and um, that's what I really love in both writing and, you know, training online with people. It's like, it's not just telling them, okay, here's a workout, go do it. It's about kind of explaining why we're doing what we're doing. Um, yeah. You know, the fundamental movement patterns of the body. What What is this going to gain you in your day-to-day -day life um, and in, you know, athletic performance? What, um, 
you know, when we do progressions, when we change up reps and sets or change the exercise slightly, why are we doing that? Um, you know, I think it's, I like to tell people I want to act as training wheels, um, you know, so that, you know, eventually they're, you know, feel empowered to make more calls and, you know, their workouts and deciding what they want to do. Yeah, definitely. I think you hit uh, one of the main issues from my perspective, point of view, which is like uh, the same thing in nutrition with meal plans. And uh, pe people strive like looking for meal plan. Maybe they stick with it, maybe not. In training, they are looking constantly for a new uh, kind of workout, different workout, better workout, the optimal, the best workout, best macronutrient split best meal plan and they just hop from one to one without actually understanding it and uh, I refer to I mean anybody uh, who is asking for a meal plan or a workout plan I mean just like that you know um, I think should understand that uh, when you work with a coach actually they can help you to understand the plan at least good coaches do and to educate you why you do what you do so you don't need the coach afterwards exactly <laughs> exactly like my job is to put myself out of business <laughs> yeah and it's a very nice place to be when you have a client who actually don't need you but they um, decide to stick with you because for different reasons yeah, exactly. I mean, I think everybody can, no matter what you know or can do on your own, everybody, even coaches, can benefit from, you know, having a second set of eyes there and the um, the encouragement. And I mean, I just, yeah, I think we're, you know, we're all better together, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. I, the saying is coaches need coaches, right? <laughs> Anyway, so what do you see like typically or being the problem, uh, maybe specifically with Mirin, but maybe just in general when it comes to strength training and like people who are looking for to improve maybe their body composition or getting stronger. So what are some of the obstacles that they face? Um, obstacles, let's see. I mean, they're... I think they really come down to um, mindset a lot of the time. Um, most people have a pretty um, bad relationship with exercise. I mean, we were raised like, oh, you're bad in gym class, do push-ups or run suicides. Um, you know, um, and a lot of people do exercise as a way to kind of try to correct perceived flaws with their body or to make themselves, um, you know, look better, um, which is okay to, you know, pursue a, a, um, aesthetic goals. But I think people can get really bogged down in sort of crime and punishment mentality. Oh, I ate this donut. I need to go work it off. Um, oh, I've been really bad lately. I haven't been to the gym. But, um, and you know, a lot of people, and I'm not trying to discount the fact that people are busy. It's, I mean, I have this too. It's like, okay, sometimes it's hard to cram my workout into the day. But I feel like a lot of the time when people are like, oh, I'm too busy to work out. Oh, I don't have enough equipment. I can't work out. Oh, you know, um, mm -hmm. 
oh, this hurts. I can't, you know, this one exercise hurts, so I can't do anything. Um, when they get into, you know, all these excuses, a lot of it deep down is that they just have a really bad relationship with exercise and they don't want to do it, <laughs> you know, and why would you? Um, it's easy to find those reasons, you know, not to exercise um, when it's a pretty bad experience for you. I mean, we're all wired to do things that we enjoy and to avoid things that we don't. Um, but I think, you know, obstacles, another obstacle um, towards people's, you know, progress and towards really sometimes sticking with it is how you kind of mentioned that people are always looking for the next best thing. They're like, oh, you know, I want, you know, what's the single best workout? And, you know, I've had clients before who were trying to get started and I can't get them started on a program because they can't stop looking for heart rate monitors because they have to find the exact best heart rate monitor before they'll, they'll start moving. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, we just need to move. <laughs> um, so I think it's, you know, really important for people to, um, you know, we can get really perfectionistic about it and it's good to just kind of get out of our own way and think about it as, you know, moving um, and, you know, just moving. And then we can, you know, we can tweak things from there and we can, <laughs> you know, fine tune as we go along. And it's really a lot of trial and error. Um, but I think, you know, the biggest obstacle for people is just to, you know, get started and to get started in a way that's going to feel good for them. I think with the fact that people um, are so perfectionistic about exercise that when they get started, they want to, they go from zero to, I'm going to work out five days a week, an hour each day, um, am, you know, going to do this, you know, perfect workout every single time I work, work out, I need to be progressing with my reps and sets. Um, and they just, I mean, that sucks, you know, <laughs> like, we make we need to make changes gradually and, you know, be gentle with ourselves. And sometimes it can feel like starting a workout routine is just one change. But it's actually hundreds. It's, you know, changing some of your schedule, maybe changing your sleep schedule, um, you know, potentially buying equipment, um, finding a gym or going to the gym, you know, the commute. Um, it's the exercises themselves. It's doing recovery, you know, the next day. I mean, there's so many things that come in that are behavioral changes around just, you know, starting a workout plan. So what you are saying is that you don't need a gym membership and you don't need to have all the expensive equipment to start working out? You don't. You don't. Um, which I think, if anything, that's what, um, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic has has shown us. Um, you know, I, um, I still haven't gone back into the gym and I don't have any intention of doing so, um, you know, really anytime <laughs> soon. Um, and so, you know, I've been working out out at home with, you know, my body weight, I've got a bunch of bands, um, which I think bands are so great for working out at home because they're so versatile. I've um, started using them kind of like almost a cable machine and I've taken a um, part of a, the end of a broom and it works really great as like the handle. Yeah. So, I mean, you're just figuring out all different, um, things. I've got a kettlebell here and I mean, even outside of looking at the equipment, your body is, you know, however many pounds of weight for you to move. Um, 
And I think a lot of people think that body weight is necessarily going to be um, going to be easy um, or it's, you know, for beginners. Um, one second. Come here, sweetie. Come here, sweetie. Okay. But um, the reality is that it can be incredibly challenging. Um, you know, think about, I mean, people think push-ups, you know, push-ups are so incredibly challenging, D you know, done right with, you know, really good form. Um, pistol squats, you know, incredibly challenging. Pull-ups, all these, you know, are body weight movements that are, you know, very challenging. So there are, you know, so many ways to, you know, um, custom fit, you know, any one workout to fit, you know, your needs and your body at that time. Uh, on the other hand, I guess that there are also people who cannot do any of these exercises that are like challenging, specifically those who are just maybe, you know, starting with the workouts and specifically women. I mean, uh, obviously pull-ups and push-ups are much more challenging for women than for men. So, Right. right. Well, I think, um, you know, this cat here. Um, pound for pound, um, so, you know, a pound of muscle in men has the same amount of, um, you know, strength as a pound of muscle in women, but, you know, generally women are kind of starting off with lower levels of muscle mass, um, and so that's going to make a difference, and women also tend to have a greater percentage of their overall body um, over their lean mass and their strength within their lower body as opposed to um, their upper body, so that can make, you know, these upper body exercises like pull-ups and push-ups feel really challenging um, to women. And it can be, um, can be discouraging sometimes. Um, you know, one thing I hate is, uh, you know, the idea of girl push-ups. Um, that, you know, um, push-ups are somehow, you know, gendered um, to be, you know, easier for women. Um, which... Um, you know, a push-up is a push-up, however you're doing, and it's great. But, you know, for sake of, you know, argument, if you're going to try to regress, uh, you know, um, you know, a regular kind of um, traditional push-up, I do recommend doing incline because then you're going to involve your core and your glutes more than if you have your knees bent. But I just have to. Yeah. So for, any, for anybody who doesn't know to start, because I, I often see, like, uh, the kind of obstacle. I, I cannot make push-up, I cannot make pull-up or, uh, or do, do pull-ups or any kind of exercise. So easy thing to do is just go on Google and write down like push-up regression or progression or exercise progression and, and you, you will find yeah. how to get there. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the internet can be like a slippery slope. It's such a great wealth of information, but it's also making sure that you're getting it for, uh, your information from reputable sources, um, yeah. you know, because there's so much out there. But um, I really feel like a lot of those things are going to be um, pretty foundational enough that you're going to find a lot of great information. And when looking for information like that online, I would always recommend uh, turning to... Um, you know, whether it's the National Strength and Conditioning so Association, the American Council on Exercise, um, you know, any of these accrediting organizations, they have a lot of content on their websites, and it's going to be very reputable. Um, also, if, you know, you're looking at any particular trainer who's talking, looking for um, credentials such as a CSCS, CPT, 
um, um, a DPT, which is a doctor in physical therapy, um, things like that. Like you want to look for those credentials because there's also, um, you know, a lot of well-meaning people out there who, um, you know, are sharing information and are training people um, and, you know, really want to do a good job, but they just don't have the, um, the, the training, I guess you could say, right. um, themselves to, you know, really, if you're going to the doctor, you want to make sure they have an MD or <laughs> DO. So, um, you know, you know, do your due diligence. Right. And um, so we basically handled, you don't need equipment, you can actually just start and training with your own body and body weight, and you can actually get stronger by doing so, especially if you are a beginner, probably. Yeah, but I mean, I have an intermediate um, client right now, and we have him on a full, it's just body weight. And he consistently is doing it and he's just like, man, this is so tough. Um, so, I mean, no matter, you know, what's, no matter your level, you can really find body weight exercises that are going to push you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but what, what I wanted to refer to is also like the next big obstacle that I found. And that is people say like, I don't have time, right? To go to gym or I need to commute to gym. And actually the biggest obstacle for many people is getting to gym right once they are there they enjoy working out they enjoy moving but getting there is a major obstacle so that's where maybe like home workouts can be really um, a good thing to do or basically beneficial for those people but uh, i think we could also discuss one interesting topic at this micro workouts so uh yeah. that is like the concept as far as i understand it is that you don't need to go to gym and do one hour full workout but you can just split that workouts throughout the day as it, as it suits you 100 percent, 100 percent. um i love you know doing these mini or micro workouts whatever you want to call them um and for me they've been hugely beneficial you know right now as i'm you know sitting at home you know I want to get up and get a few, get a little bit of a, a movement break in here um, every little bit. But, um, you know, looking at the research, um, there are studies that show that, you know, let's say you could do 30 minutes of cycling or you could split it up into three 10 minute um, bouts of cycling throughout the day. And uh, markers of heart health, like um, arterial stiffness, um, are actually improved in those who are doing you know, the micro workouts throughout the day. So the same amount of work, effort and time, um, you know, you're actually able to get, you know, more benefits every single time you exercise the release of, um, you know, hormones and um, endorphins, um, your body's triggered to rebuild, um, and you're increasing blood flow throughout your body. Um, mm -hmm. Why necessarily have to um, reserve that to one time a day? Um, and I think the real big thing, like how you mentioned time is such an obstacle, is that, you know, a lot of people don't have time for, you know, to set out that maybe that 30 minute or hour workout in one block. But you know what, we all have 10 minutes, five minutes, even um, here and there, um, you know, maybe it's, um, 
you know, doing push-ups in the kitchen while the, you know, microwave, you're waiting for the microwave or, um, you know, getting up for a short break and just doing some, some body weight squats. Um, you know, just those small pieces of movement, they really, they really can add up to, you know, a full workout. If, you know, you're thinking about, you know, these little, you know, snacks throughout the day. Um, and, apart from, you know, the benefits on our overall health, they just make us feel so much better. Like, you know, the body's made to move and we get, um, you know, bogged down into, you know, sitting all day at a desk or computer and just taking a few minutes to move can make us feel so much better in our body. Um, and yeah, our mind, it makes, uh, improves creativity, focus, um, I mean, it's going to be awesome for you. Yeah, and uh, I've been using it, if I may say, successfully. Also, like uh, when you noted that when I'm sitting and writing or whatever, so I have like these 25 minutes blocks of writing and in between I do some like maybe ro uh, skipping rope or push-ups or pull-ups or whatever, you know, just throughout the day. And it's maybe like five pull-ups and in the end of the day it's 100. You know, so it's <laughs> exactly. It's like okay, well, and you know, you're looking at people who get discouraged that they can't do. Let's say, like, oh, I can only do like, you know, a couple pull-ups or maybe you know just eccentric ones or something. It's like, okay, we'll do you know one or two, you know, a couple times throughout the day. And like you said, you know, you get to a huge number that you never be able to do um, all at one time. Yeah, and, and that can be a really cool feeling. And yes, like you mentioned, I think that there is also some uh, limitations to that kind of approach. So obviously, if you are training for endurance, then going for 10 minutes ride several times a day is not optimal for your training goals. It's not specific. But for general health, I think it's more than enough for, for people. Uh, but I think that for, for strength training, you can actually use this you don't need to do like five sets for example of some exercise uh sub subsequently but spread it throughout the day right i think um it works really well for strength training like you mentioned um like for me i like to um like superset pull-ups and push-ups um i have a hang bar above one of my doors so you know i'll maybe take 10 minutes in the day do you know pull-ups, push-ups, pull-ups, push-ups, pull-ups, push-ups. Good, I'm done. And, you know, you'll get a pretty, you know, good burn. And that's, you know, working a lot of, you know, your muscul musculature um, throughout your, you know, your total body, your core, um, upper body, especially. Um, so, yeah, I think there's, you know, definitely, like, I think, like, supersets and, like, focusing on maybe, like, one exercise or a circuit or something can be a really great way to, approach um those small workouts throughout the day um yeah so just kind of like breaking up what you would normally do in your workout into you know smaller ones and i i suppose that for uh, for your normal person who is busy i think this works for many different reasons not only for uh, for the time that it takes that you can spread it out but also for body composition goals because uh, if you just, uh, well, we are not meant to be s 
sitting, you know, all day, especially like if if you are a sedentary person. So uh, splitting these workouts, I think throughout the day, especially like strength training, can aid with also like blood glucose levels, also with your hormones and uh, for your body to function properly, I would say. Exactly, definitely. I mean, we, yeah, you said it, you know, we are made to move and our bodies are going to function at their best when we are having that regular movement. You know, I've seen also a lot of studies that look at, you know, taking um, a short walk or doing a short bit, you know, 10 minutes of movement, you know, after meals. And like you mentioned, you know, um, blood glucose, um, insulin health, like that seems to be just very beneficial. Um, so I think, you know, it's really there's a lot to be gained from it. And, um, you know, when it comes to, you know, body composition, you know, exercise, it's just, you know, really moving more. And even if you are doing that full, you know, hour long workout throughout the day, let's say, um, that doesn't mean you should, you know, plant yourself like a potted flower for, you know, the other 23 hours of the day. Um, a lot of people, you know, end up doing their workouts and then they, you know, just sit just as much as, you know, anybody who's not. So it's, um, you know, really beneficial to think about it as, you know, this overall lifestyle and way of moving as opposed to just, okay, I go into the gym when I'm in the gym or, you know, I have my equipment out, I'm exercising. But thinking about it throughout the entire day, I think can be really so important. Now, now if we compare these uh, different... Uh, approaches to exercising like let's say we have like uh, three full body workouts a week or we have this let's call it daily movement with some strength moves how much success can a person what do you think uh, can achieve by doing these like micro workouts or just moving more in that sense yeah well I had um, a Facebook follower actually ask me yesterday very similar question about you know i'm doing a lot of cardio a lot of you know hiking you know running um but can i do like 15 minutes of strength training every other day will that be like enough um you know and i think it's kind of you have to look holistically at at you know what's the total you know volume of work that your body is doing throughout the week um but also looking at what you've done in the past, you know, let's say um, you haven't been doing any strength training in the past and maybe you're just focusing on endurance, let's say, um, and you want to add in 15 minutes a few times a week. That's more than you were doing before and it is going to make a difference. Um, is it going to be incredibly drastic? Probably not. I mean, just be realistic. But um, I think, you know, for general health, most people um, – I think it's important to do both cardio, you know, endurance um, and strength training. But looking at the strength training side, I feel like most people can get, you know, really good benefits by, you know, doing um, a couple hours, um, two to three hours, you know, a week. Um, you know, maybe that's, you know, 30 minutes every day or every other day. You know, that can totally, you know, be um, a big change for people. Um you know, anything, it's not going to go in vain. Every single minute you put in is going to be a minute more than, you know, you were doing before. Um, 
But I also think, you know, when figuring out frequency of straight training, it's important to think through like how you mentioned, you know, total body workouts. Okay, so are we doing total body workouts? So maybe we're not doing them on back to back days, because, you know, we need to get, you know, some rest in for, you know, worked muscles. Um, you know, for somebody who's going to work out maybe three times a week, total body workouts are great. You know, if you're working out five times a week on strength training, let's say, um, you know, that's when you can look more into splitting up your workouts, whether it's upper, lower body, um, push, pull, legs. You, you know, you can really divide it up because you want to make sure that you're both stressing your system and allowing your system to recover. So if your goal is like general health and look good in swimsuit for summer, uh, which approach would you advise people like uh, going with like full body workouts or splitting them and maybe shorter workouts, but uh, more often in this sense? Um, I think it, it really kind of depends on the person. I think it, um, some people, if you, you know, only want to work out a few times a week, um, I think, I mean, you can do the same amount of volume, whether you're doing the total body or, you know, splitting it up. It really comes down to, okay, how long do you realistically see yourself working out? That's something I always ask. I'm like, okay, you want to work out five days a week, but how many days do you realistically see yourself working out? You know, you want to do an hour every day, but how much do you realistically see, you know, you're doing? I mean, there's a, there's a big difference there. Um, and let's look at like the lowest, you know, kind of common denominator. Um, you know, if somebody's, you know, just wanting that general health, um, feel, you know, to feel stronger in their body to, you know, change body composition some, you know, I think total body can be a great way to go. Um, because, you know, it's pretty simple, um, you know, um, and you can get a large caloric um, burn. Also, you know, larger compared to necessarily sometimes splitting up your workouts. You know, if you're doing total body moves, let's say like a squat to press, um, squat to overhead press, you know, yeah. that's, you know, both a squat and a shoulder press, you know, putting those two together, you're going to have a greater um, caloric burn if that's something that you're after. Um, I think, you know, from, um, I think it just really depends. I think it depends more on personal preference in terms of frequency and duration of exercise than necessarily um, the level that somebody's at. Um, so, from my perspective, if I can, I, I would answer that, that if you are relatively new, then it doesn't matter. And uh, like you said, like, what do you prefer? Like, I prefer to work out every day, so I split it. But because then if I have like full body workout, that is that can be maybe like too hard for me. Uh, and too long and then the next day i mean like i have yeah, do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes or, or something like that so i guess today's a recovery day <laughs> yeah, what's today like today of day what is that no. <laughs> <laughs>
No, uh, but uh, for somebody who is like more advanced, then uh, they start to benefit maybe from uh, specializing more in this uh, separation and... It's, and especially for people who are really focused, focusing on trying to gain lean muscle, there can be a real benefit to, you know, focusing on those splits a little bit more um, to, you know, greater fatigue each, you know, muscle group, you know, throughout the world. Right. And I, I actually, now it came to my mind as we are speaking about this, that what I just said, the mindset behind it, like, what do I do now? Let's say I had a full body workout and the next day we know that uh, we grow muscle when we are resting, like we need time to rest, time to, time to repair. But oftentimes there are exercisers like myself who just, you know, I miss, I miss movement, but I feel destroyed. So what should I do? Should I really like go with my intuition or <laughs> addiction to exercise in that sense? Or, or should I just, you know, sit on the couch or how, how, what should I do? Yeah, I feel, I totally feel you. And I have that same problem. Um, <laughs> um, I think a lot of people who really enjoy exercise can get into that. Um, and I think it's really, there can be a big, big benefit to the consistency of working out every day, you know, just mentally, it's like, okay, this is, you know, a part of every day. Um, it just makes it can feel more natural and habitual. Um, so those days, you're just feeling, you know, really sore, really fatigued, I think, um, you have to listen to your body over, you know, listening to the addiction, let's say. Um, but also you can kind of, you know, hedge things a little bit by thinking, okay, well, recovery doesn't have to mean just lying on the couch and binging Netflix. Um, maybe it's doing some mobility work. Maybe it's, you know, doing foam rolling, um, some, you know, light body weight exercises, um, stretching, you know, things like that are really you know, important. A lot of these, you know, drills, um, you know, they're going to help you um, help you recover, but you're still getting in some sort of movement and you feel like you're doing something um, toward, you know, your, your goals as opposed to like taking away. Um, and that's also another place where very like low intensity cardio can really come into play. Um, you know, sometimes like if I'm just too, um, you know, fatigued or anything, you know, that day I'll hop on that um, exercise bike and I'll, you know, go at a very slow pace. I'll have the TV on, but I'm moving and doing something. I'm getting blood flowing. And, you know, that really actually does have um, a large benefit toward recovery. It's just you have to stay at that slow pace. You can't push it. <laughs> yeah, what I really love to do uh, recently is just hop on a stationary bike and uh, just pedal there like really easily. So basically I'm moving and I can still write while doing so. So having like a sitting, sitting, sitting desk. And I think this also addresses one of the problems that many exercisers who are trying to lose weight do. There are some people who uh, create deficit in calories or they start training, whether it's cardio or strength training or a combination of both, but like you mentioned before then they don't move for the rest of the day so they compensate for that and sometimes they d even overcompensate definitely i think people tend 
to, I mean, it's just natural if you look at any studies, it's human nature that we overestimate how many calories we burn during exercise and we underestimate how many calories we eat in a day. Um, so while, you know, the idea of, you know, caloric balance, calories in versus calories out when it comes to weight loss, you know, it holds true. I mean, you can't get around it. Um, I think, you know, people, when they get too fixated on that, they can kind of be led astray because they're going to naturally overestimate, you know, well, how much they're burning and underestimate how much they're eating. So, you know, they think they're in a caloric deficit when we're really they're in a caloric surplus. So if, yeah. I mean, sometimes people look at their watches and they're like, oh, I burn, you know, 600 calories during this workout. Oh, I can go have a 600 calorie, you know, burger, you know, like that's, you know, it's very possible that you didn't actually burn the 600 and <laughs> um, you're, you know, ending up, you know, consuming a little bit more than um, you burn. That's actually why I also don't like to use calorie counting specifically with people in general, generally speaking. I, I'm not saying that there is no value in it, but that's also why I allowed... I'm sorry, this is why I also allowed the book because it advocates for uh, getting more in tune with your body and uh, listening to your body also when it comes to like hunger cues and satiety signals. Right, I think that, um, you know, and Georgie was just great and, you know, kind of blending her expertise there. Um, and I think it is, you know, so beneficial. I think there can be um, a good there can be value in looking at calories and macros, I think, especially, you know, just to gain awareness about what you're eating, you know, maybe when first starting with somebody, they track for a few days, and then they look and they're like, Oh, my gosh, I had, you know, no idea this is how much I was eating, or, you know, I was eating so little protein or so few vegetables, you know, I think that can be really beneficial on tracking. But I think the idea of, you know, this body-led eating, tuning into our bodies and our hunger um, is really beneficial because the majority of the time, most of us aren't actually, you know, eating out of hunger. We're eating out of, you know, boredom or emotions. Um, you know, hunger is just one of the many reasons we eat. And it's okay to enjoy food for plenty of other reasons. I mean, it's enjoyable. Um, but... I think, you know, really focusing on, you know, what our body needs through that hunger and satiety um, lends us to um, better, better meet our body's needs where they are and thinking about how we can, you know, satisfy some of those other things like such stress, boredom, emotions, how we can deal with those um, a little more effectively. Because um, I think most people, you know, have experienced that, you know, food is, you know, it'll, you can stress eat and it'll maybe make you feel better for five minutes and then you just feel worse again. Um, and then you also feel bad that like you just binged on, you know, something that's maybe made you sick to your stomach or you're like, oh, I just took in all these extra calories. Um, you know, there are so many different ways, you know, we can kind of get into a negative cycle there that I think it's beneficial to think about food. Um, food is something our bodies need and, um, you know, meeting our emotional needs, you know, head on as opposed to kind of covering them up with, with food. Right. Well, getting back to exercise, because I mean, as much as I love the topic of intuitive eating and uh, these things, that's not the topic actually right now. 
but <laughs> um, I, I there is one exercise modality we haven't mentioned yet. We we mentioned strength training, body weight. We mentioned like cardio, and we haven't mentioned high intensity interval training, which is very very popular. So yes, some yes. some people think or might think that that's all you need to do some people think that if you want to lose weight you must do it or if you want to lose belly fat you must do it and some people think that it is the only way to do it i um i would say it's definitely not the only way and i don't think you have to do you don't really have to do anything <laughs> um you have to move but i think you know, we can create a caloric deficit through any means of exercise. And, um, you know, even looking at muscle, like strength training is, is going to be, you know, the um, most efficient in terms of building mass. But, you know, think about, you know, even endurance events, you are, you know, strengthening your muscles there too. Um, you know, there's no one way to do um, any single thing. But with high intensity interval training, I think it can be a great tool. Um, you know, there are a lot of benefits for heart health, um, you know, calorie, calorie expenditure. Um, you know, I think a lot of times people approach high intensity interval training in a way that really focuses like on, on endurance, you know, maybe they're doing body weight exercises, um, you know, as many reps as possible, you know, resting for a short amount of time and then going back at, at it. Um, and that's going to really build a lot of um, endurance as opposed to necessarily, um, you know, muscle. If you're looking at it, you know, if you're maybe wanting to pursue high intensity interval training for um, muscle benefits, um, I think there can be a benefit to you know, doing a little bit um, higher load, lower rep, um, getting a little bit, a um, little bit more rest in between, um, uh -huh. in between sets, so that you can put in really quality effort, and it's not so much about just draining the tank and getting, um, you know, fatiguing yourself, but also about thinking about the quality and that you're able to put into each rep and set. Um, but I think, you know, overall, you know. I think it's just really important to remember that there are so many options out there that people can really focus on um, what they enjoy. Um, and, you know, there, I always tell people there are too many ways to exercise and too many exercises out there to do something that you hate. You know, there are always so many options um, that it's really about figuring out what's going to be best for you. Um, and not just because if you enjoy your exercise, you're going to be more apt to do it. But if you, but I mean, life's too short to do exercise you hate, right? Um, you know, I think, you know, exercise should be something that we should pursue in a way that is going to be enjoyable and is going to add to our life rather than take away from it. So, um, you know, if you love, you know, doing high intensity interval training, go for it, do it, crush it. Um, if you're not into it, that's okay. You don't have to do it there are other other things that you can do that are going to be beneficial yeah well is there maybe uh, like some kind of downside to doing maybe like heat uh, too often definitely i think um you know people you know 
kind of with hit how I was describing, um, you know, doing too, you know, really fatiguing the body, you can, you know, build up a lot of, um, a lot of fatigue, obviously. Um, and form can kind of fall apart. There can become, you know, a higher risk of injury. Um, and even, you know, without injury, um, you know, if you're doing an exercise with poor form, you're not going to get as much out of it. But then also doing, um, you know, because it's so taxing to the body, it does require a lot of recovery. So if you're doing HIIT um, every single day, this cat, um, if you're doing HIIT every single day, you know, you could very well be stressing your body um, without giving yourself the recovery you need and could be building toward longer term overtraining issues, um, and mm -hmm. overtraining um, injuries. Um, you know, if you don't give a certain, you know, muscle or, you know, thinking about your um, connective tissues, you know, enough time to fully recover and then you're hitting it really hard again the next day you know, that is going to slowly um, wear and tear. Yeah. And I especially see people combining high intensity exercise with like they do it like the first thing in the morning and usually don't even like have breakfast or I mean anything just doing it on empty stomach. And I suppose it's not the best approach to do it habitually. So what is your take on that? Um. I'm personally not big on fasted exercises um, because I think, you know, our, we're thinking about, you know, our body's performance, they need fuel. Um, and, you know, let's get that fuel before you work out. And I don't think we necessarily need to be trying to just like that or idea of subsisting on less, like I need to deprive myself of food before I exercise. Um, and, um, you know, doing things first thing in the morning or any time of day, I also think it's very important to make sure that you're getting in, you know, that warm up beforehand. You're not going from just like laying in bed or sleeping to, you know, hitting it hard. Um, you know, your muscles need your cardiovascular system. Um, it all needs that time to um, quickly to to adjust and to get prepared um, to move most effectively and safely. Wow. So yes, yeah, so th th that is something to think about for, for those people who do it like first thing in the morning. I also noticed that uh, people, you know, first thing in the morning is the only time they have. And if that's huh? you, uh, you know, obviously you're, you need to stick with it. Just think about how you can make sure that once when you're starting, your tank isn't already on E. Um, you know, you don't want to be running on fumes. Right. <laughs> So I, I mean that, yeah, obviously, if you can put it only like at the first thing in the morning, look, I, I've been doing the same thing or oh, no, I've been, uh, but I, I used to do it like few years ago and I swear by it, like uh, it's the best thing, you know, it wakes you up and yeah, right? just, I, I had this association with it like, yeah, I just burned so much fat now because I was like fasted and so on. So a lot of misconceptions and uh, wrong ideas about it. But the, on the positive side, I got my exercise. <laughs> and exactly. I'm done. 
Well, I think one so, thing that's yeah. interesting is like the idea of fasted cardio for burning fat. Like you are going to burn a greater percentage of a greater percentage of your calories is going to burn, you know, is going to come from fat as opposed to carbohydrates or glycogen. But your output is going to be lower in terms of what you're able to do. So it's very likely that you're still going to burn fewer calories overall. Um, and depending on how much of a hit your performance takes, because, you know, you're exercising on empty, you may end up burning a smaller total number of like, you know, total amount of fat, even though you're burning more fat compared to carbohydrates. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it comes from carbs or from fat, just because you to put it into more scientific terms, if you oxidize more fat, it doesn't mean that you are burning fat from your adipose tissue. Yeah, that's not where it comes from. <laughs> yeah. So, and just like you said, it takes much more time to actually turn fat into energy, which lowers your performance. Oh, definitely. Yeah, your your intensity is going to de definitely decline. Um, you know, when looking at that aerobic metabolism, I mean, it's, you know, for low intensity, high duration, it's meant there to, um, you know, keep us going for a long amount of time, but not necessarily, you know, going hard. Um, so to, you know, to really go at a high intensity, we really need, you know, a glycogen and um, blood glucose. So to uh are we on yeah i'm back <laughs> uh so to wrap it up about high intensity interval training i think uh you mentioned one important thing and it was that you don't need, need to only do it like with your own body weight like to build endurance let's say but you can use uh, like some maybe kettlebell or something like this to build strength along the way that's, I think, very important thing because many people don't uh, consider this as an option or it doesn't come to their mind when you mention high-intensity interval. It's usually cardio, like uh, jumping jacks and burpees and uh, maybe cycling. Exactly. Thinking, um, what about doing, I mean, I mentioned before, like, you know, squat to overhead press. What about kettlebell swings? What about cleans? Um, you know, all of those are are high intensity movements, you know, they're really um, focusing on, you know, strength and power output, which, you know, is the degree of intensity um, of the work you're performing. Yeah. And, you know, let's say you do, you know, five, six reps of each of those, your heart rate's going to get up really high, you're going to have that same, you know, sort of, you know, effect on your cardiovascular system. And then you give yourself actual ample time to rest, catch your breath, and then you go back at it. Um, you're getting actual intervals, those spikes, and you're going back down um, as opposed to just kind of constantly um, going, um, you know, going from one body weight exercise to the other, to the other, to the other. Um, that in the end, it's going to tax your energy systems a little more similarly to, you know, endurance training or going on a long run than it is to, um, you know, necessarily work toward, you know, anabolic um uh -huh. um, strength to um, anaerobic power. Um, so I think, you know, I think it's always important to think about what's your goal of the exercise. Um, 
and, you know, train accordingly. And that gets us back to the whole um, idea of that smart strengths training, you know, knowing why you're doing what it is you're doing. Yeah, definitely. And uh, also about heat training, it might have sound like we are just only putting it down, but it can be beneficial. Just don't do it maybe like every day and uh, as the only type of exercise that you do. Right. You can push yourself, but then you you need to recover. I mean, right. how the body is. <laughs> and that's the smart training. <laughs> Smart, exactly. Know exactly why you're doing what you're doing and, you know, what your body needs to recover from a given workout and, you know, apply those principles to, you know, whatever it is you're doing and you're going to have, you know, a lot, hopefully more fun and you're going to have, you know, greater results that way. Mm -hmm. So, Alicia, is there anything that we have not mentioned and you would like to add? Oh, um... Man, I don't know. I think we like we covered so much. I think, you know, Definitely. I would just, you know, encourage anybody listening, um, whether they're just getting started with exercise or they're, um, you know, have been into exercise for a long time and are maybe having trouble kind of factoring in the recovery, recovery they need, um, you know, because they get that sort of addiction to, okay, I have to do something every day. Um, I would just encourage all of them to kind of focus on, you know, their exercise as a way of caring for their body um, and not necessarily either trying to just change or quote unquote improve their body or to hit a specific PR. Like while those things can be great um, and they can be part of our goals, um, I think the ultimate goal is to care for ourselves and um, to care for our bodies because we want to hang out on them for a long time. So um, I think trying to have a little bit of that spirit uh, about everything we're doing can just kind of help um, redirect our attention to, you know, things that are going to um, be beneficial for our body, you know, every day. No, definitely. I love it. And how can people connect with you or where can they find you? Well, you know, they're watching on Instagram right now. They can connect with me on there. Um, on Facebook, I'm at KA Fetters across all social media platforms. So that makes it a little bit easier. Um, they can also go to my website, kaliciafetters.com. Um, got some books there you can check out and also do online training. Yeah, awesome. So thank you, Alicia, for joining me today. And I really appreciate that you found time. And yeah the invite and appreciate everybody listening today and i'm um, excited to hopefully connect with with people i always, always love getting questions and yeah. talking um, strength training well and for anybody who is just listening uh i will drop the links to what we mentioned today in the description so it will be easy to navigate and this is for today thank you for listening and for people who joined and yeah you have a great day Bye. Great. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. Thank you for listening. As always, you will find all the important links, notes, timestamps in the description and on the podcast page on my website at thedanwise.eu. If you like this episode and this podcast, don't forget to leave a rating and a review. Besides sharing, it is the best way how to spread the word. 
and bring new interesting guests, topics which will help you lead a healthy and fulfilled life. You can also support me and show appreciation for what I do via Patreon page, link is in the description. You can post your comments and ask questions by emailing me to questions at danwise.eu. Once again, the link is in the description. I wish you a healthy and productive day.